0: your dreams you've got to keep dreaming there are social pressures
1: which somehow tell us that we we should actually be achieving more and more
2: as we start to achieve more it, it can start to become addictive
0: your better future is a dream for yourself and for your family where do you want to go, what do you want to do what do you want to be, what do you want to see
3: Welcome to Strive, a podcast exploring the pleasures and pitfalls of modern ambition.
4: In our first episode, we explored ambition through the metaphor of archery. And we heard from a philosopher who talked about finding your niche and this idea that we don't all have to be at the very top of our field to be achieving our ambition.
3: Which is all well and good, but I still feel like it's not enough to dream small. That I have to dream big, with big goals.
4: Yeah. So the question is... How big should we dream? Is it okay to go with what you're good at, even if that thing is relatively modest? Or should we keep pushing ourselves to dream bigger, to be better? We're constantly exposed to dominant cultural voices that encourage us to aim for the stars.
3: We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are
1: hard. I always wanted to be the best. I always wanted to be number one. I always wanted to get to the top. I never believed in just getting by.
3: Arnold Schwarzenegger certainly dreams big. He's so successful that he has a worldwide bodybuilding competition named after him, the Arnold Classic. There's one on every continent. Last year in Melbourne, 20,000 people turned up to the event and thousands of them packed in to listen to him speak about his recipe for success.
1: This was not just the case in bodybuilding. I didn't just want to be a bodybuilding champion. I wanted to be the greatest bodybuilder of all times. I wanted to win the most trophies, the most world championship titles. I just wanted to be the best. And the same is also in movies. I didn't just think about being in movies. No, I wanted to be a movie star. I wanted to become the highest paid entertainer. And then I didn't just want to go and uh, be in politics and race for city council. (laughs) I mean, uh, let's be honest. Does that sound right, Schwarzenegger? City council? No, come on. Not even Schwarzenegger and mayor, no. It had to be Schwarzenegger running for governor, governor of the greatest state in the United States, of California. That was the important thing. When you think
4: about it, it's pretty impressive that he's achieved so much in so many fields. And you can hear how the thousands of people in the room are attracted and inspired by his relentless, larger-than-life ambition.
3: It is impressive. So in the shadow of such greats, How do we mere mortals live our lives and dream up our futures? I spoke to Monty Hudson. He runs a restaurant across the road from me. I was talking to him about this project and he had a physical reaction to the word ambition,
0: like he'd been burned. I wanted to open the best restaurant in Australia. Really, really wanted to do it for myself. I used to have so much ambition, I used to lie awake at night. And I used to really not sleep because of it. It was just everything to me in two phases of my life, both first off with cycling and then with uh, cooking. And it wasn't because I particularly enjoyed either. It's just I wanted to be the best. That's all it was. It's something.
3: It didn't matter what it was. He just wanted to be the best. He told me his whole life was devoted to learning, getting all the ingredients and skills and experiences and following all the steps to reach his ultimate goal of opening the top restaurant in Australia and doing it on his own. He trained under world-class chefs in Italy and France and for 10 years he worked at one of Sydney's most prestigious Italian restaurants. He worked
0: his ass off. So for 20-odd years, every single day was about doing something so I could get somewhere else.
3: He'd worked hard and climbed the ladder. He was executive sous-chef at Crown Casino overseeing 16 restaurants. But despite his successes, there was something missing.
0: I think I just realised how much of life I was missing out on and probably at that time realised I wasn't getting, going to get where I wanted to go. So I lost the impetus for being the best at something when i was 34 the drive to do it at the expense of your personal life was starting to fade it became a job not a dream
4: so monty let go of his dream
0: yeah
3: it feels like that's a rite of passage for most people have you ever let go of a dream
4: yeah I mean, at some point, I realized I wasn't going to have the acting career that I thought I would. And so I started to focus more on what I was actually being employed to do, which was running workshops and facilitating. But there's still this little part of me that secretly hopes to have that acting career.
3: Yeah, me too.
4: I had an agent ring me the other day, and that what if came back to me maybe this time would be different maybe i hadn't tried hard enough or i hadn't believed enough that i could make
2: it
3: i have to ask myself where that dream actually came from like whether that's what i wanted or whether it's what i thought i should want whatever the case letting go of that dream these life dreams it isn't that easy when there's this dominant social narrative to be achieving more and more it's alluring seductive we revel in the success of others
4: (laughs) Our friend Diana Nguyen is a hard-working, ambitious actor and I spoke to her just after she'd been to see Oprah Winfrey's live show. I know, I just I felt very empowered and it's
5: Oprah, <laughs> yeah right? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Oprah! When everyone roared when she came out, we were roaring for what I first thought was the Oprah that we'd known on the Channel 10. When she started talking and this beautiful spiritual music came on and this beautiful projector with this oak tree came out, I was like, oh, this is like a Tony Robbins session and I didn't realise that. I asked
4: her why she felt empowered by the
5: experience. Like She's
4: pretty much reached the
5: top of her game, right? And we're just somewhere in the middle trying to figure out that game and we're we wanting that too. So to have someone who's done all that, been so inspiring, done in her own way, and loaded, it just makes you go, why can't I do that too? And she's also saying that, why can't you do that too? The reason is because something's stopping us. We need to figure that out.
3: So Diana was inspired and empowered to go after her big dreams. But is she being set up for disappointment? we can't all be as successful as Oprah. What's in our head definitely plays a role in what we achieve. But even if Diana works as hard as Oprah and has the same mindset as Oprah, she probably won't end up owning her own TV channel. So the idea that the only thing that's stopping us is ourselves is misleading.
4: Absolutely. But that hope, that what if, is what the whole motivational and personal development industry is built on.
6: Welcome to our whiteboard session today on how to set career goals.
3: And in this video, I'm going to tell you how to do goal setting.
1: If you don't have a goal, if you don't have a vision, you just drift around. Your dreams for the next 3, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, actually the rest of your life. Your dreams.
2: You've got to keep dreaming. Your better future is a dream for yourself and for your
1: family. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What do you want to be? What do you want to see? I want you to ask yourself this question. What do you want?
4: This is a huge industry. There are thousands of YouTube videos, online courses, seminars, conferences, and stadium events focused on getting the best out of yourself.
3: The self-improvement industry earns $10 billion a year in the US alone, and the industry grows steadily, even in recession.
4: There are more than 50,000 professional coaches worldwide. There are life coaches, executive coaches, and in the UK and the US, there are even people working as playdate coaches, coaching parents so they can set their toddlers on the right pathway to an elite university.
3: And there's no shortage of merchandise.
5: Everyone was buying merchandise that night, because I think everyone just felt the... Opa fever. Right. Mm. Did you get anything? I bought a cup. You bought a cup? Yeah. She made a lot of money that night. Right. (laughs) There
4: are books, online courses, diaries, affirmation cards and aspirational technology like apps for mindfulness, weight loss, time management and exercise targets.
3: I am also a consumer of this industry. I was given a Fitbit for Christmas. When I started, I was happily getting 10,000 steps most days each week and I'd get that little buzz of achievement when I reached my target. So, in the interests of getting better and being ambitious, I put my goal up to 12,000 steps. And suddenly, I found it stopped me achieving my target as much. I'd get to 9,500 steps at about 10pm, and then I'd figure it was impossible to reach 12,000, so I'd just stay on the couch watching TV, and I wouldn't even get to my original goal of 10. This is psychologist Robert Hart there's a a study that came out in the Journal of Clinical Psychology only in the last
2: few years, from John Norcross. He says that 50% of um, the population make resolutions each year, primarily focused on weight loss, exercise, smoking, money management, debt reduction. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem is these failed resolutions, around 70% will fail. And because the goals are too audacious, 10,000 steps is doable at least 80% of the time. So I'm sure you'd find with Fitbit, I have one as well. Uh, but when we start pushing that to 15-20, it can become almost demotivating when we don't, we don't get there.
4: So we have a tendency to tie up our big ambitions with our day-to-day goals. And then when we don't achieve them, we lose motivation and feel like we've failed. Rob suggests we separate goals from ambition to counteract this behaviour.
2: Really, we need to, um, I think we need to sort of distinguish ambition, drive and motivation from goals. And our society at both the individual and organisation level has an obsession with it, particularly stretch goals, audacious goals. We tie it to accomplishment, and in our culture an individual cannot be considered successful unless goals are achieved. It's about bigger, better, faster, more, which can create huge anxiety and be quite the opposite of what we want to do. Now with goals, um, let's be really clear here, it's all about willpower. Now you might hit 10,000 easily, but it takes a bit more effort to reach fifteen, How, and you said you you mentioned sort of two or three times a week you'd get fifteen thousand.
3: Yeah, it's actually twelve thousand. Okay, twelve or twelve thousand. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But two thousand steps is still two k more often. Yeah. You know, we might argue. Now, with willpower, each person's supply of willpower is limited, and when we tie that to ambition, it's a reserve that you can draw on. The power aspect of willpower, as it implies, is an energy, and all day long you're at that reservoir of willpower has been depleted. And from a physical perspective, your brain will lose about 60% of your glucose supply during the day. And if you haven't eaten well, if you haven't slept well, if you've been on the go all day, you're more likely to make risky, impulsive um, things. Now to invest extra time in saying, I've got to do 2000 more steps requires yet another pull from that reserve. And therefore when you don't receive it, it's a double negative. I haven't reached my goal. I've been so busy, I've got no energy. I feel flat, I feel discouraged. Then you're setting yourself up for a goal failure and that can be a demotivator
3: to ambition i wonder if this also applies over a lifetime so if our stretch goals can deplete our willpower over the course of a day and lead to a double negative when we don't achieve them is it the same when we set big life dreams and we don't achieve those whether that's career goals or family goals so in the same way that i found myself sitting on the couch at 10 o'clock at night depleted by my stretch goals with the fitbit Is that the same thing that I experienced at the age of 32, depleted by not reaching the Hollywood actor dream that I thought I wanted so much?
4: Aggressive, determined, determined, earnest, energetic, enthusiastic, resourceful, action, ardent, aspiring, avid, hell bent, climbing, designing, desirous, thriving, eager, enterprising fireball get up and go,
3: go get up. the list of synonyms for ambitious is intense and kind of exhausting it's unsustainable
4: inspired and the
3: way people define ambition it makes it seem like a dirty word
4: self soaring striving thirsty, vaulting
3: willingness to put your goals ahead of other priorities in life you know Join yourself.
5: Politicians are ambitious. Uh, People who want to make lots and lots of money, so I suppose millionaires or billionaires must have been ambitious somewhere along the line.
1: It's just a a drive to succeed, and um, as much as sort of wanting to succeed for yourself, you're kind of, you know, you're wanting to do it for everyone.
4: Ambition's just soul destroying, and I'm watching it kill like all of my family right now. We got the distinct impression that the people on the street we talked to had a negative understanding of ambition. It's not looked upon favourably. It's associated with politicians and money-hungry people and something that is really soul-destroying.
3: I get that. When I let go of the famous actor dream, it was a real relief, and I realised how much angst that ambition had been causing. Letting go wasn't easy, though.
4: No. It's a momentous decision to let go of the big dream. And I wonder, how long does the shadow of that unrealised dream stay with us?
3: This is Renee Steele.
6: I wanted to be a a dancer from a very early age. I danced for years and I went overseas and I did dance for a very long time, but I didn't quite get to where I thought that I might get to.
3: This is a universal story, but it's one we don't hear from Oprah Winfrey or Arnold Schwarzenegger.
6: A lot of injury, um, a lot of dancers coming up from young, you know, younger dancers coming through that were were better, more flexible, could jump higher, that sort of thing. And I felt that I kind of didn't get to where I wanted to. Um, and I became a teacher of dance and actually I'm much better at that than I am (laughs) a dancer, interestingly enough. Um, and I kind of, I, I regret giving it up, uh, I gave up sort of my late 20s and I think oh was there more to give could I give him more but I thought no actually I'll stop now and um, sort of give other children a chance to do what I sort of never did really Um, but in seeing them achieve I get so much more so I feel like I have kind of achieved later on in life as I look back.
2: There's three needs psychologically to be um, achieving an ambition and they would be autonomy So a sense of control around what you're doing, self-drive, mastery, sometimes the intrinsic motivation is to get better at what we do each time. And after mastery, we have got purpose.
4: Autonomy, mastery, purpose. Renee's story seems to perfectly encapsulate what Rob is describing. She found purpose in teaching young dancers, and she said she's better at this than she was at dancing, which is mastery. And I'm guessing that she has more autonomy teaching than she did waiting to be chosen for a dancing gig.
0: My dream slash ambition for this place is to make it a very well-regarded venue that doesn't need me to drive it. Certainly not ever gonna make my millions out of the place, but it was a business that was basically on its knees two and a half, three years ago. And to be able to build it up using my knowledge, my skill, and just hard work, that is my ambition.
3: Maybe downsizing our dreams gets us closer to autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Monty used to want to be the best. It didn't matter what it was. But he scaled his dream back to something more modest and more in line with where he finds fulfilment now. As I talked to him in his restaurant while he meticulously prepared each quail for one of his dishes, he told me what he's aiming for today.
0: So, yeah, I just would like to be a local. That's, I don't know, that's my dream. You know, have a place that you've started from zero that becomes part of the community. So whether we get there or not, it doesn't keep me up at night, but it's certainly what I would like.
4: In the next episode, we'll examine perseverance.
3: What keeps us going in pursuit of our dreams?
4: Thank you to Monty Hudson, Diana Nguyen, Robert Hart and Renee Steele. Strive is created by Rachel Dyson-McGregor and Mike McAvoy with sound designer and producer Darius Kedros with support from the city of Yarra.
3: If you like what you're hearing, subscribe or leave us a review or let us know what you think via strivestrivestrive.com.